Welcome to this week's episode of the Legacy Lowdown. I'm your host, Tyler Watkins of Legacy Insurance Group. And I'm co-host, Lindsay Bowman of The Polish Agency. We're excited to be recording new episodes each week in the Polish Podcast Studio in downtown Jonesboro. Each week, we'll interview a new guest, and you can listen in as they explain in their own words how they are making a positive impact in Northeast Arkansas. Disasters, accidents, mishaps, and mayhem, they happen. Hi, I'm Barbara, an agent with Legacy Insurance Group with your weekly insurance tip. Did you know you should review your coverage from time to time with a knowledgeable agent to make sure your coverage is adequate? If you need a knowledgeable agent, look us up on LegacyInsuranceAR.com or find us on social media to request a quote. Even though in my favorite restaurant a little easier, but just like always, the weather's kind of terrible, so it has, it's terrible. kind of been a little bit lame. The clients at Polish don't really have any chill on spring break. They're really? Still, yeah. All gone? All yeah, out. emailing me from their vacations. At the and, beach? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know I've sent a couple back and forth, but I am not at the beach. I'm here <laughs> we live are here in, in the studio, podcast studio. In the podcast right. studio. So why don't you go ahead and introduce our next guest, okay. and then we'll get started. Okay, so I had this idea that we should invite someone from City Water and Light onto the podcast because I know you guys are doing a lot of really cool stuff in the community. And I asked one of our um, devout listeners, Kevin Lawrence, I said, hey, would you want to come on? Or yeah. like, would you know, someone from City Water and Light? And he was like, Slade Mitchell, that's your guy. <laughs> and he said, do you know Slade? And I said, I don't think so. And he said, he's the one with the good hair. <laughs> And now, in fact, see, you okay, do have so, good hair. Okay, so um, I'll pay him for that later, yeah. <laughs> but this is Slade Mitchell. I'll let you kind of tell us um, your role at City Water and Light, what you do, and then we'll kind of just get into you it. Bet. Well, first, yeah. thanks for having us. Of course. It's, kind of, it's cool to be here, my first podcast. Awesome. Uh, I work in energy supply, but we wear a lot of hats at City Water and Light, so really I, I do whatever they need me to do. But my primary role is in energy supply. But um, it, working in a shop like CWL, you get exposed to uh, kind of across the enterprise. So when you say energy supply, that means where the power is coming from? Would that right. be correct? Very good. Yeah. So, you know, we are a little unlike a lot of municipal utilities. We own generation. A lot of folks will contract with someone for their, what they call all requirements. Uh, in our case, we, we own what we supply. So, um, or we're contracting a long-term arrangement. So yeah, that's pretty much it. So where would that be? I've heard tales about a jet engine somewhere in Jonesboro that that runs uh, some sort of generator. Is that true? Five of them. Five of them. Yeah, five of those jet engines. Yeah, so we've got, give you the full, uh, I guess, uh, portfolio. We've got some, some coal plants that we are minority owners in in White Bluff, which is near Pine Bluff, and then Independence, which is near kind of the Newark, Batesville area. Um, we own those co-owners with Entergy. Then we've got uh, some simple cycle natural gas turbines here locally. Those are those jet engines you talked about, uh, three LM6000s and two LM2500s. Uh, Do you know what that means? Uh, that sounds like a lot of power. <laughs> yeah, hey, they, we got a lot of smart guys that know how to work on those and run them. So really cool. We do all that here locally. Our people do that. So we've got a, we've got a crew that runs those that's available as, as needed in the power grid. So those have been great units for us in, in very critical times. We also have a long-term power uh, contract with the Southwestern Power Administration for hydropower. 
And then we've, of course, you mentioned, uh, or uh, I think you guys mentioned before we started here, some of the solar that we built. We built a 10 megawatt plant here locally, and we've got a contract to be a 40 megawatt off taker in a larger plant in Crittenden County that should be online by the end of this year. So for those who don't know, myself included, 10 megawatts, How yeah. mu- what percentage-wise are we talking here that our grid's powered by solar? Yeah, so that's that's capacity, and, and then there's energy associated with that. And that's how, So capacity is the steel in the ground, and, and, and energy is how often really that, that generator generates power. In our case, 10 megawatts, we have about a 300, let's call it 310 megawatt peak, so 10 into 3, whatever, 3%, roughly, something like that. That was quick math. That's probably wrong, but <laughs> in the ballpark. Um, and then energy-wise, that 10-megawatt facility will give us about, let's just call it 24,000 megawatt hours uh, in the first year of production. Now, what does that mean? Uh, that's about enough power for about 1,600 homes. So it's not a huge portion, but it's a very important portion. Well, when you talk about bringing on another 40, now we're talking, you know, a pretty good percentage of our power coming yeah. from solar. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. So once we get that 40 megawatts online and you take into consideration our hydropower, uh, we'll have about 30% roughly of our capacity needs will come from at or near zero carbon emission resor- or sources. And then about 23% of our energy will come from same zero near at or near zero carbon emitting resources. So is this, is there some sort of say government mandate or something that's coming down the pipe to go completely renewable, uh, zero carbon, or is this just the steps we're taking to reduce costs? What's the, what's the, the reason behind this? Yeah, sure. Um, well, the state of Arkansas doesn't have any, any such mandates. There's talk at the federal government to move towards, uh, uh, a, a zero emission portfolio, and that and that those those dates change periodically, and I don't know the latest. I believe it's twenty thirty five. They're searching for a, a zero a net zero uh, energy profile, um, but in the state of Arkansas, we don't have any. Why, why are we doing it? We believe in a diverse portfolio. You know, we didn't have any solar. Um, we've had the hydropower, but the solar for us really the prices of solar uh, had come down. Um, it made sense for our portfolio. It produces energy uh, at really the, at a time that matches our peaks in the summer months in particular. And uh, we got it at a good price. And so it made sense. And in, in the, in the uh, contract that we signed for the Crittenden County project, same thing, made a lot of sense. And it diversifies our portfolio. So it was a good move for our customers. So how will that power travel from Crittenden County to right here in Jonesboro? Yeah, so good question. So there's there's high-voltage power lines that run really the, the power grid. You've got all these lines that kind of, if you look at a map, it looks kind of like a bowl of spaghetti with all the lines and the generators. So it's connected to a high-voltage transmission line that will run from that facility connecting to the grid. But we're connected to that grid here. So it's kind of like a big soup bowl. You have all these generators, and you all dump in your generation, and then you have towns like like Jonesboro where they're ladle kind of dipping out of the soup mm-hmm. bowl to satisfy their needs. So, I was going to ask, what does that mean for your customers? Like, what is that? Well, is there any differences that they would see in their bill or in their power or anything, or is it just something that's kind of happening behind the scenes? Yeah, good question. So, <laughs> what we're searching for, you know, what we always search for are good low. Uh, cost sources of energy. And uh, so when we're making our, our energy portfolio, what we're looking for is, you know, what, what, what makes sense in terms of diversity. We don't want to have all our eggs in one basket, but we also want to look for a basket that's very reasonably priced. So these, these resources, to answer your question, 
if we can keep that overall power cost down in our portfolio, that means that means continued low rates for our customers. And at the time, solar, again, we, we cashed in at really kind of a time before prices started coming back up. So did quite well. Well, it's something I feel like I've always heard, you know, just at Chamber of Commerce and anything around Jonesboro, everybody talks about how how cheap our utilities are here with City Water and Light. Can you talk, like, why is that or, or you know, in the, like, most basic, like, layman's terms you possible, bet. like, how, why? Why are they yeah. so cheap? Yeah, big part of that is what I talked about earlier. They're, the people way before me mm-hmm. and our board has been very... Uh, a long-range thinkers going back to really our inception, and uh, we've benefited from that. So I can't take any credit for that. The folks before me made great decisions. The board that we have now continues to make great decisions, and and we try to carry out those decisions and make good good decisions for the customers. But owning generation is a big deal. Okay. So when we as we are owners of generation. We kind of uh, we can hedge ourselves against high market prices that happen at times because of volatility with fuel prices. So, in our case, we bought into coal plants in the late seventies, early eighties, and we actually purchased more capacity than we need. We had some excess energy we could sell. We've been able to do that on the market, and that's been great for our customers. But having generation, uh, for instance, if if we have a world where natural gas prices maybe go up quite a bit, well. We've got generation. We just we run our generators, and and we're able to hedge our customers back to the cost of the generator. And for us, in the long term, that's played out very nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, we're connected to the grid. So if our generators, for whatever reason, aren't available, or maybe they're not the most economic, we can buy money uh, power from the from the market, and again get a good low cost. So we've been very fortunate in the decisions made by the leaders before us, and that continue to be made by our leaders. Um, just to make good decisions, good business decisions on a good generation portfolio, and really to keep our system not only not only electricity but also water and, and wastewater in good shape. It seems that not only is it cost effective, but we have a very reliable power system here. We don't have a lot of you know dropouts and, and blackouts. Um, yeah, to speak of really. Yeah, and, and our, like I said, I, uh, I I didn't say this, but I'd like to say it. Our people are are just phenomenal. Our employees they care so deeply for this for this community, and they do whatever it takes when called upon to get things going if we're in the middle of a storm or whatever. But they do a great job maintaining our system. They do a great job responding when they need to. We've done some things over the years that have helped the system, you know, be more uh, resilient in, from storms and such. We've replaced wooden poles with steel poles. We had You guys remember the, the Puerto Rican, um, um, there was a hurricane in Puerto Rico several years back. Right. There were, uh, you know, they're going to use some pretty beefy poles in hurricane regions for, for power. Well, they had a lot of poles left over when they were doing the repair work. We were able to buy a lot of those from Federal Surplus at a discount. And so when we go around town now, if you'll go around and pay attention to, to transmission lines, which most people don't, if you work for the utility company we do, we're a bunch of, you know, transmission pole nerds. But um, you'll see some 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 very strong structures. Those are hurricane-rated steel poles. So you remember the, 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 the tornado we had mm-hmm. back in, you know, in 2020. Mm-hmm. It tore through a part of town where our, our poles didn't come down. The, the wire got ripped off in places, but we were able to restore power quickly because of those poles. So, yeah, to your point, that's a big deal, being reliable. We're going to do what it takes, hopefully, to continue that. So, 
And just talking about the people a little bit, having a few friends and acquaintances that are linemen, it's like when we're all ready to hunker down in the house, you know, the storm's coming, the ice is coming, those guys are getting on their boots and they're, they're going to work. So yeah. hats off to them for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and, and they're, they're wired that way. Mm-hmm. They're just phenomenal human beings and, and there to serve the public. So I can't say enough about our employees. They're just the finest people. And you guys do a lot of community involvement, like you donate back. I know you guys used to always win, like the, you donated the most to United Way and stuff like that. Um, I guess that's just a culture that's kind of built into what you guys do. But that's an individual thing, too, from what I understand, that yeah. it's not really, it's not like City Water and Lights writing the check for that stuff. It's the men and women who work for you guys that are donating and raising money and doing stuff because they're called to do that. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So, um we have a, a, a right now 204 employees, 194 of those employees were pillar givers to the United Way this year. And can you tell what that... A, a pillar is $1,000 or more. In, and on that, an annual basis. On an annual yeah. basis. That's their money. That's not the company's money. That's their money that they're giving. 194 out of 204 were pillars. That's incredible. So just you know, put that in perspective. Mm-hmm. I think since 81, our, cus- our, our employees have given like $3.7 million back to the community. And, and that's their money. We don't, you know, City Water and Light, that's the employees. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're a very generous group. Um, that is a culture, mm-hmm. but that's a decision they make. So, yeah, very giving group. That's really cool. So uh, one thing, circling back to the price of energy, um, obviously everybody wants the lowest possible electric bill they could have, right? But a couple dollars here and there, maybe to me as a consumer, is not such a big deal as, say, like a factory, say like Nestle, Frito-Lay, some of the big ones out on Highway 18. So talk to me a little bit about how keeping the cost of power low uh, enables us to maybe attract some industry here versus somewhere else. Yeah, it's a big deal. It really is. Um, Let's talk, I'll I'll get to the industry, but let's talk real quick about the average home. All Mm -hmm. right, just just you and me, our our bills. So city water and light on the electric side is about two-thirds the national average in terms of power cost. We're about 40% the national average in in water and, and wastewater. So what does that mean for you and me? The average home, if you look at average uses, the average home in Jonesboro will save $120 a month in their utility bill with CWL rates versus those of the national average. Okay. Uh, put that in perspective, $120 yeah. after tax. So That's be, a lot. Being in insurance, I've actually <clears throat> heard people consider, um, hey, I'm going to buy this house that's on City Water and Light, and I've got this other one that's on another electric company, and I think I'm going to go with the one that's on CWL because I know my bills overall will be less per month on this house in, in Jonesboro. Yeah. And, and, and we're very, we're very thankful for that. And, and, uh, and the, the companies that are running, you know, rural electric, they do a great job too. They've got a different system than we do. So kudos to them. They do, they run a very good electric business, but we are fortunate to have the rates we have now. You ask about industry. Okay. Industry, the, the story is even better. Um, so, and, and these are not, these are real numbers, but we have industrial customers in our industrial park now, real customers, that save almost $2.5 million a year wow. in their utility bills versus national average. So we feel like that gives Jonesboro a real competitive you know, advantage on attracting industry, good, good paying jobs, and, and it gives those industries a competitive advantage in their space sure. to have reduced costs. So that's a big deal to us. That's Our board is really great at thinking about what can we do? What decisions can we make that are good for all of our customers? Okay, and so they operate under 
you guys have asked about it, low cost and reliability, mm-hmm. low cost and reliability. You know, not that exciting, but we are hyper-focused on maintaining that. So I know you're on the energy side, but I've also heard that our water quality is very well, is very good also. And especially like when you're talking about food production, that, that makes a big, di- a big difference also. Oh, it's huge. Um, so we've got, I think, 29 wells that are to the east of the ridge and the water quality, the water supply is very good. That The soil conditions are there such that the aquifers uh, recharge with rainwater. So we're very blessed. Our water situation, we, we've actually talked with a hydrologist over the last couple of months and, and we're in very good shape. No signs of any sort of, of problems with our water supply. So that's why you look in our industrial park and you see food supply, food supply mm-hmm. after food. Just a wonderful, really blessed in that regard. And we've got excess capacity. We can pump a lot of water, meet a lot of needs. And, and hey, I'm a tap water guy. I think it's the best tasting water too. <laughs> Uh, that you're going to find, so yeah, especially around here. Yeah. So, so tap water really is fully safe and oh, wonderful. For That's you. all I drink. Okay. I, I don't even. I, I like it better than even bottle. in this old building. You bet. Yeah, totally safe. <laughs> I'm always good. like, I'm not sure what's actually in these pipes. I don't yeah, know if I want to go. drink out of the faucet, but I'm good. You're good to go. Right. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit earlier about the energies changing. What is you know when City Water and Light looks 20 years down the road. Mm-hmm. Do you expect us to still be powered by coal? Is there, you know, when we know solar's coming, is there anything out there new that that you guys are preparing for? Say like electric cars and the demand on the grid. Is yeah. that something you guys are thinking um, about? Tyler, you're, you've done your homework, man. You, you're you're <laughs> He's up like on the really top smart. Yeah. Uh, no, I think um, yeah, things are changing. Okay, our coal plants, for instance. All right, um, we've uh, Entergy on behalf of the co-owners back in 2018 uh, negotiated a settlement agreement with. Um, the Sierra Club and National Parks Conservation Association to cease to use coal by 2028 and 2030, respectively, at White Bluff and Independence. So our coal plants will cease to use coal in the next, what, seven years. You know, coal will not be in our portfolio. There will still be coal plants operating. Um, this was, in our case, uh, we had kind of a situation where if they were going to continue to operate, we would have had to spend about $2 billion, billion with a B, mm-hmm. to put the scrubbing technology on the plants. Our part of that city water lot would have been about $150 million. We get to operate the plants for another 70, seven years and not have to spend that money. We can spend it on the next thing. So to your point, will coal be around? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be around, but not as much. Um, we think that natural gas is going to be a big part of that space. you got to have something that runs around the clock. But you're going to see more renewables. Um, you're going to see more solar in this area. Arkansas is really ripe for solar. Wind is already a big deal north of us. Maybe some transmission upgrades makes it where it's uh, more viable for Arkansas. And then there's stuff you hear about like uh, small modular nuclear reactors. We're kind of following that. Tech on that's pretty uh, um, still still uh, pretty early on. But the good thing about natural gas generators, as we look at that, you can fuel switch a lot of those units to hydrogen, which would be a zero carbon source, depending on how the hydrogen is made, of course. But that's something we're looking at in terms of combined cycle natural gas. But yeah, it's going to change. EVs are, are, yes, that's something we're thinking about. We don't think that'll happen overnight, but absolutely that's coming, we believe. 
So what about, um, say, like a micro solar? So i got a panel out on my roof or in my yeah. backyard or something like that. Obviously, that's not going to power your whole home, but maybe if we've now we've got an electric car there that wasn't there before, it yeah. maybe pulls some demand down off the grid. Is that something that you're seeing? Are any of the CWL customers starting to adopt solar at their house, or is that still kind of in its infancy? You know, it's, it's still um, a, a pretty small minority. I don't know what our exact numbers are, but uh, I think we have, you know, I'm, I'm going to say around numbers around. 40 customers or so that that have solar on their homes and that number may be off a little bit but i'm in the ballpark right um, still pretty early on we got about thirty-eight thousand electric customers to give you some perspective um it depends on the economics tyler how much it costs to put that in you know most of the proposals i've seen are you know anywhere from a 12 to 15 year payback period so it's yeah. kind of you got to plan on being in a house for a while for that to be yeah, economical and, and that's great i i i I think every provider probably has different numbers. Um, the numbers that I've seen or that have been told to me, um, I'm not sure the economics are there. But, of course, it's going to vary. Um, but, yeah, it, depending on where you live, if you lived in a in a different service territory other than City Water and Light, probably would make sense quicker. But we are fortunate to, to have one. Yeah, rates. when it's so when it's so cost effective, it's, it doesn't really make sense to add on this very expensive solar system. Yeah. So... You, got to, you have any more questions for him? Well, we really kind of jumped right into the nitty gritty and didn't hear a lot about you and, oh, okay. you know, where you came from. You obviously know a lot about what you're talking about. How long have you been with City Water and Lot? And just tell yeah. us a little bit about your story personally. Well, I'm a Jonesboro guy. Okay. I grew up here. I went to school up in Fayetteville. Uh-huh. Um, I worked in Kansas City, then went to grad school at Penn State. Um um, my wife and I moved back here when we started having kids. That was about, at this point, about 19 years ago. I've been at CWL for about 11 years, okay. and um, I'm still considered one of the new people there at 11 years. <laughs> We've got a lot of long-tenured employees. Yeah, sure. But no, I love Jonesboro. This is home to me. Um, I am a whatever. When we, were, when we were in the Northeast wanting to move home, you know, the fact of getting to move back to Jonesboro was was really kind of a dream, mm-hmm. and it's been a great place, great schools. My kid, I have three kids, so they're they're in great schools. Uh, the, the healthcare situation here is great, um, great churches, so great place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. So, and my wife is not from here, but she has really taken Jonesboro's her home now, you know, too. So it's been great. Cool. So, what did you do before City Water and Light? So, I worked in healthcare in the Northeast okay. right after grad school mm-hmm. uh, for a healthcare company. Uh, and then when I moved back home, worked in pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. uh, before going to City Water and Light. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, I just wanted to hear a little bit about you yeah. personally. Since yeah, we I jumped kind again of, there. I got, too, I got too excited well, about actually, electric cars and jet engines and all this stuff. <laughs> I sent Andrew a note. I was like, did I black out or did we actually talk about him? I <laughs> thought that maybe I missed it. Well, what we talked about is far more interesting than, <laughs> <laughs> than me. So. That's debatable. Okay. Um, should we go into rapid fire? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do okay, the rapid fire. Okay, we do fire. a little rapid fire okay. session all at right, every podcast. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Do we have our music yet for Rapid Fire? Yeah, we no, need to we get some background music. music. We're going to talk that. about that we all season. We need to do that. Okay. Ready? Yes. Coffee or Red Bull? Coffee. Red Wolves or Razorbacks? Well, I'm a Razorback, but enough room in my heart for the Red Wolves. Okay, good answer. Love them too. Very political. Call or text? I'm a call guy. Okay. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Diet Coke, actually. Mm. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Night in or night out? I'm a night in guy, kind okay. of a funny daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you, bud. <laughs> iPhone or Android? Oh, I'm an iPhone. Yeah. Blue text. Uh, lake or river? Lake. Spotify or Pandora? 
I'm an Apple Music guy. Oh, can actually, I, can me I, too. Can I throw a third option? I should option add in that as, yeah. as an option. Yeah, I'm, Apple, Apple Music that. is yeah. the bomb, man. Pandora is kind of, eh. Okay. Oh, so that means that she used has to Pandora. be. Well, that's that used to be my go-to. <laughs> I got you. Okay. Well, my kids got me on Apple Music. I'm much cooler because I have kids. I know. So, uh, yeah. I know. Okay. Country or pop? Oh, pop. Singing or dancing? You know, uh, I'm not good at, at at either, but I'm I would do dancing probably first okay. for the for the yeah. karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Well, the karaoke. If you want to throw me in front of a mic, and I'll I'll try. But yeah. it's going to be. We ugly. did mention you have a good radio voice. Yeah. So I feel like you could probably work it out. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll this, go with that. You had the, the dulcet tones of Slade Mitchell today. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you guys are a good group. Easy to talk to. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on the Legacy Lowdown today. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. It's been pleasure. This has been the Legacy Lowdown with Slade Mitchell. Interested in recording your own podcast? Check out the Polish Podcast Studio in downtown Jonesboro. We have affordable hourly rates available. You can come in at your convenience, record for as long as you'd like, and use our top-of-the-line equipment. To learn more, go visit us online at thepolishagency.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Legacy Lowdown. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. New episodes will be released each Wednesday. If you have a suggestion for a guest, visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Legacy Lowdown Podcast.